It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On. Locked On. Locked Locked On. Locked Locked On. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast presented by Visa. Visa knows that local businesses are the heartbeat of our communities. Whether they're our corner stores, our coffee spots, or our favorite shops, local businesses have been there for us. They remember our orders, they call us by our names, always giving back, making a difference, and going that extra mile to support us and our community. And right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support. So now it's time for us to return the favor. The next time you go shopping, make the choice to shop at local businesses and look for the contactless symbol and tap to pay with a contactless Visa to help support your community because where and how you shop matters. Visa, everywhere you want to be, the official partner of the NFL. I am your host, Marcus Mosher. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. And joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Landon, we just got done grinding the All-22 film. How you doing, buddy? Well, my eyes are bleeding, but uh, <laughs> they're fine. And I'm excited to be doing it, frankly, especially, uh, you know, uh, having been away from it for so long, it's 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 nice to kind of get back on the grind, as they say. Yeah, and it was nice to be able to do it on a, a Monday night, right? The L22 <laughs> came out early this week, so that was uh, it was nice for us to be able to do that right before uh, some of the Monday night football games went on. So, um, Lena, we have a, a bunch of things to talk about. We're going to do some of our you know our, our L22 takeaway show. I think we should first start with the offensive tackles because that's what a lot of people want to know about. And that's not something that you can always get on the broadcast tape. So let's go ahead and start with Brandon Knight because uh, I saw you talking about him on Twitter. Uh, I actually watched him today. Um, What did you think of Brandon Knight? Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, you and I kind of briefly discussed it uh, uh, post-game in our review, and and I think I had mentioned it a little bit just watching the the broadcast that I was excited to see what Brandon Knight had done just because, you know, from the broadcast tape, he looked really good. And um, I think that the the All-22 really confirmed that. I I think, as you pointed out, uh, it seems like his uh, edge may have been dulled a little bit near the end of the game. Um, mm-hmm. But again, I think as as I mentioned, like it, this is his first time to play a full game in probably a really long time. So, oh yeah, yeah, conditioning sure. conditioning may be a little bit of an issue for him. But uh, I think that as far as technique and uh, ability to do what was asked of him, I thought he was fantastic. A spe- a sp- specifically in pass sets, his pass sets are outstanding. Uh, I really am frankly shocked that, and maybe this is you know again us taking the the depth charts that they've released too seriously uh but i mean going back and again seeing his uh his 
his pass sets and the way he gets out uh, against you know a guy like Dante Fowler who is a who isn't a, a, a not explosive you know pass rusher, uh, sure, his ability sure. to get out there and, and and get positioning early helped him win so many of his of his pass reps uh, that I'm shocked that they that you know they haven't been you know I I I, I guess going back I'm 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 wondering now if his ankle injury was the reason that he wasn't the offensive tackle last week you know because. I really just going back and watching him. I mean, he looks like an offensive tackle to me. He looks like oh, a yeah, guy that yeah. has some upside there and can develop. I, I mean, I don't. I mentioned yesterday. I think maybe he could eventually be a starter somewhere. I, mean, I don't know if a here, but uh, like I think he has that level of talent, and um, you know, he kind of put that out on display. It wasn't perfect. Uh, he definitely is a backup uh, offensive lineman at this point. Uh, I think you know, as far as the run game goes, I think he still leads a little bit to be desired as far as punishing people. I don't think he, he's yeah, nowhere near sure. Lael Collins in the run game. But as far as keeping Dak safe when they needed to throw the ball all over, all over the yard in the second half, uh, he seemed to be having no no problem uh, you know, executing his end of it and, and was was put on an island several a lot uh, you know, for a, a, a second-year undrafted free agent uh, swing tackle uh, who hadn't played in a long time. So... I was really impressed with his performance. I, I, I was like his demeanor and his quickness. I think is going to take him really, really far. Uh, and I, I would suspect, and we'll talk about uh, Steele. I'm, I'm assuming here in a bit, but I would yep. go ahead and suspect that if we get one of our two tackles back healthy next week or the following week, I, I, I for me, if it's my vote, Brandon Knight's definitely the other guy that's going in, and, and it's, it should be, frankly, your OT three for from here on out. Yeah, so a few quick things on night before we move on to Terrence Steele. Um, you talked about all the positives, and I echo all those same things. He played 82 snaps in this game, so wow. you could definitely see in the fourth quarter uh, he was getting a little tired. I mean, he just—I'm sure he hasn't taken a ton of snaps in practice either with his ankle injury. And all those uh, pass so, snaps too, because I mean, yeah, that's the thing: run so snaps are a lot easier for offensive linemen. Pass snaps are difficult because you're be having to be reactive and and, and you're being proactive as a run blocker. That's why offensive linemen like run blocking more. Yes. Um, the the two negatives that I did see is there are times in that game where. A pass rusher got into his chest a little bit, and they were able to walk him back to Dak. He's just—he's not an overly strong tackle, but he is—he's—he's he's athletic and he can really move. So, um, you know, against guys like Fowler who do have some athleticism, he does really well. The only other thing I was going to say is when they lined up a tight end on his side, it seemed like it messed him up a little bit. There was times where he could get beat a little bit inside. It messed up some of his—you uh, know—just his rhythm and his sets. So I'm hoping going forward the Cowboys don't plan on giving him tight end help. It actually seems like it was worse. They're better off just having Zeke help in pass protection there on the inside rather than having somebody on the outside. So just just quick little things, but overall very encouraging from Brandon Knight. Is he, as you said, probably not a, a starter, but could he be a solid backup? I think so. Terrence Steele, on the other hand, um, <laughs> I don't think he played very well in this game. Uh He's basically a zero in the run game. Doesn't really give you any power. He's got a lot of athleticism, but, man, it can look clunky at times. But what did you see from Terrence Steele in his second start? Yeah, I mean, I think Steele is definitely the guy that has the, more of 
the body for this, I guess. I mean, he is the upside guy for sure because I think he has you know longer arms. He looks like he's probably a little bit stronger, a little bit bigger. Uh, I, I feel like when he gets his hands on people, he can move them. But he's uh, a project guy. He's yeah. the guy that they wanted to have on the bottom of the roster or on the practice squad to, to to develop for a year or two. Sure, and I think that you know, look, he's playing way better than we should have all expected. I, I, I mean, I think that let's be clear about that. But that's that's still not you know what what's needed at this point. I mean, it's still no. a liability when he's out there at times, and so. Um, I, you know, I'm not. I, I, we need to be really careful when we talk about these guys, and I, I think people need to be really careful when they hear us that you know, they're, they're, we got to put the proper expectations on this kid. He was thrown into a situation that uh, is not ideal for a player in his spot in the learning curve of how to be an NFL player, uh, and I think he is playing above and beyond what we should expected from him. So I, I think he's playing. I, I'm 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 proud of the kid for the way he's playing. But at the same time, you know, it's the sooner we can get him off the field, it's probably for the best and, and the best for him, too. Again, not trashing him or, you know, he's doing the best he can with being a rookie undrafted free agent trying to go out and play offensive tackle in the NFL on no training camp. Sure, uh, sure. But and, I, and I'm impressed with that. But I think that, you know, it, it's one of those situations where it is it is a problem, you know, from time to time. Um, you know, there were a couple different. You know, there was one play. I think it was that second, third down in the game, where uh, he didn't even get out of the snap, in and in, in time. And basically, Zeke had at least two guys, if not a third, all to, to block in, in front of Zeke, in front of Dak, mm-hmm. and basically got thrown to the ground because uh, uh, you know he, he couldn't get out of his snap to take his man which would allow Zeke to get his man and, and, and it ended in you know uh, an incomplete pass but you know there's just stuff like that where it's not even all just you know physic being physically outplayed it's by any stretch of the imagination it's a lot of mental stuff it's a lot of you know making sure you've got the right guy and, and then you know technique stuff I mean he's he's a little bit of a waist bender you know he's reaching sure, a little sure. bit I mean he's just not he's a good athlete though yeah. you can see that the athleticism I mean if you sure. can take his athleticism and Knight's uh, technique you might have a starter mm-hmm. like in the, sure. between the two but I, I, I as I say when I when I was watching Steel it reminded me like of, of a very very young version of like Jeremy Parnell remember Parnell for yeah, the Cowboys absolutely. in like what was it 2011 2012 where he was just this athlete with really long arms who um, you know, was basically the swing tackle for a little bit, and they yeah. tried to find certain situations to get him on the field. I think that's what the Cowboys are hoping that Steele can become, yeah, right? That's... Eventually, work into that being the third tackle. Yeah, I think he could. I mean, I think eventually, I I, I want to keep him for sure because I think eventually he will develop into that. And I mean, mm-hmm. I think the reason he even played as well as he has so far is because he's taken a ton of snaps in college. He's taken a whole bunch of pass sets in college. So. Uh, I think you know he's still a work in progress. I don't think anybody wanted him out of the field this early in his career, <laughs> but, including but, himself. But here we are, yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, so uh, I think we got. It's time to kind of maybe put him back in the box and then let him develop a little bit more before we see him again. This could be a really good thing for the Cowboys long term if they're able to survive. You know, this next let's say two games, right? Um, having Steele get you know some big time reps, maybe a, another start, and then have him go back on the bench, watch to see what Tyron and Lyle do, and you know maybe be ready by the end of the season if you need him. I, I do think long term this could be you know a great situation for the Cowboys. 
Um, let's take a quick break so I can tell you guys about Rock Auto. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts to customers online for 20 years. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at RockAuto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in the How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Okay, Landon. Um, I have a, a hot take that I'm really I'm I'm ready to reveal to the world. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's hear it. Ends. Let's hear it. I've been I've been workshopping this for a little bit. I, I don't oh, completely boy. believe it yet, um, but I'm getting there. Blake Jarwin is a better player than Dalton Schultz, without a doubt. I'm not sure, though, Dalton Schultz isn't the better fit for the Cowboys' offense as tight end one than hmm. Jarwin. Jarwin is a more dynamic. He's the better receiver. He can make plays after the catch. He can stretch the field. Schultz is the better blocker. Schultz can get open. He's got a pretty big catch radius as well. And I'm just wondering for that tight end one spot – the ability to do a little bit of both rather than being a, let's say, a B-plus in the receiving game and then a D-minus in the blocking game. If it's better off to have somebody who is a C and a C in both passing and receive, or passing and blocking. Um, what did you think about Schultz when you went back and rewatched this game? Well, first off, uh, I, I, I don't disagree with you necessarily. Um, I, I think that the, you know... With Blake Jarwin, his upside as a receiver is so big that, you know, that's really – it kind of superseded the area in which Schultz is probably the more developed, uh, more balanced tight end, right? Which I'm like, fine with, right, yeah. absolutely. Uh, yeah, I'm okay with that too. Like, I, I totally and, – and I totally understand wanting to have that more balanced player be your tight end too. Like, you know what I'm yes. saying? Like, I, I can yes. totally see that. Uh, now, now that we're here – I don't disagree that as probably in the context of the of the group uh, or as the offense as it fits together that Schultz may be a uh, his skill set may, may be a better fit for what the Cowboys are currently doing. Now, I, I you know you could have uh, Jarwin come back and you know maybe developed a little bit uh, his, his upper body strength while he was hurt and and you know and maybe he comes back as a better blocker next year and then suddenly the the, the Math changes altogether completely next year, but I think that what you're what you're saying here is correct because you know what we saw was Dalton Schultz had a great game not just as a receiver but as a blocker as well. I thought he had a whole bunch mm -hmm. of different situations where his blocking really shined and 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 again 
We should also throw in Blake Bell here, too, who had a, a, a fantastic game as well. I think that the, the tight ends in general uh, really, really did a lot of good good heavy lifting for this team. I mean, there's a they had over 115 yards receiving or something like that, you know, in a touchdown between the two of them. Uh, and I think that, you know, what you saw is that it, uh, it really – the, the types of plays that they were able to get them the balls on, whether it was RPOs or, or, or just, you know, them running routes through, through the middle of the defense while they're paying heavy attention to Cooper and Lamb and everybody else. I just think that it's that balanced, that balanced piece of the tight end, you know, it, it opens things up and it still makes the defense have to respect you know, the, both both the pass and the run when they're on the field. Yeah. If Jarwin's on the field and he's split out, you know what's happening. You know, right. or you at right. least you know what Jarwin's doing. I think I think with you know having Schultz in there, especially with these young tight ends, I mean with the young uh, offensive tackles, uh, it provided a little bit of uncertainty for the defense, and it also provided an opportunity for more and different protection looks uh, for the for the Cowboys when uh, Atlanta decided to blitz. I, th- I think that that's really the, 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 one of the big differences, it seems like, between the first and the second half as far as um, offensive proficiency was that Dallas seemed to fa- figure out a protection scheme that would, was working with Atlanta's blitz, which they didn't seem to have figured out in the first half. I think part of that was about having Blake Bell and Schultz giving help to steal uh, uh, you know at, at, at times when they when he needs it and, and then the other part of it is putting them out there thinking that uh, that they're going to be help for for the offensive tackles and then slipping them out from underneath coverage and then getting them passes for first downs I mean I, I think the bell the bell one was uh, was to me like the, the best example of they completely lost track of him on the field you know that, yeah, that, that was one, a huge play in a game that was a third and four that ended up being like a 25 yard chunk yeah play. the 24 yard throw down the field where he was just standing on the sideline again was just another example of you know Dak making something happen uh, and, and, you know, there have been being pretty decent coverage on the three main guys that you want to try to get the ball to. But Blake Bell, again, a guy you're going to forget about because, you know, he's not going to be exactly a threat on, on a third and long situation. Standing, you know, out and route, standing just on the sideline wide open, and Dak finds him as he's able to get his eyes up the field and scrambling and, and throws it to him for a first down. Yeah, I'm glad that you pointed out Bell because I thought he played a pretty good game as well. And I just have one more little thing on Dalton Schultz. Um, about some of the flat passes, right? Uh, to to run this sl- uh, flat pass for a tight end, a lot of times you have that guy lined up, you know, in line, hand in the dirt, and then he just runs right to the sideline, right? But in order for that to work, you have to have a guy that's functional as a blocker. And unfortunately, yeah. that's just not Jarwin. So that's just not – that's never a play that's going to work very well for him because if you happen to run the ball – you're going to get dominated at the point of attack and teams just don't respect that you're, you know, not going to run something up the field. So I just feel like that's something that Schultz did well. He had three catches for about 35 yards on flat routes alone in this game. You can do that all the time. I think with this Cowboys offense, because there's so many other weapons, they're going to give you these passes to the sideline to a non, you know, to a player that probably won't make a bunch of you know big plays after the catch. So you're being pushed uh, off the line of scrimmage so yes. hard by the outside wide receivers that if you're in cover one or cover three, you're trying your best to get vertical as quickly as you can, and then it becomes a race between Schultz and whoever's covering the flat to get to the to get to the 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 sideline. 
And, yeah. and, and usually that player is either a linebacker who's not going to be able to keep up with Schultz or a safety who may not be able to keep up vertically if the ball gets thrown high with Schultz. So there is a mismatch to be had in those situations. The question is, can you find a way to uh, uh, you know, consistently exploit it? And I think, like you mentioned, being able to have like a schematic diversity and be able to block in that situation can provide uh, a, a, a lot of kind of smoke for the Cowboys offense mm-hmm. to disguise what they're doing to the defense. Now, couldn't you just see Schultz having a very similar type of day next week against Seattle? Because they're going to want to blitz a ton because they have no pressure on the edge. So they're going to bring Jamal Adams. I could see Schultz catching four or five passes in the flat next week. Uh, not gaining a ton of yards on one, but catching every one for five, six yards, getting the Cowboys into uh, positive game you know, scripts and down and distances. So I think, I think Schultz is going to become an important part of this team's offense going forward. Um, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, yeah, I totally agree with Adams blitzing so much. The best way to take advantage of that is to make a pay with tight ends that he should be covering. Absolutely. Um, let's go ahead and talk about Trevon Diggs really quickly because he's somebody that you pointed out on film a few times. Uh, what were your takeaways from Diggs in this contest? I thought he played really well. I mean, I, I think that, you know, there's there's that the one interception that you really wish he could have t- taken away. But Which he should have had. But he I, mean, I think he did a great job of getting himself in position there. And then, you know, it just felt like there were three and four more than that times just throughout the game where – he was doing things that are veteran cornerback things that you just don't expect a rookie to be able to do, whether it's, you know, there was a, a play early in the game where he was able to come in on for the corner and make a tackle, avoid a fullback in the backfield and make a tackle for a law of, for like a three yard gain, which again, it, it's going to show up as a tackle on a three yard run play. Who cares? But I mean, the effort that he put in there to make the tackle win, if he hadn't made the tackle, it would have been easily an eight yard game because the offensive line had gotten so much push. Uh, you know, there was another time, two or three times when the, the run got spilled outside and it was uh, a power in, in the offensive lineman's coming around the corner and he's taken out the offensive tackles knees and, and, you know, mm. sub, subverting the blocking so that the, the rest of the guys can get out there. And, you know, I just think that there's, you just see him do a lot of the kind of important nitty-gritty things, making tackles, uh, coming off of his man to make tackles once the ball's been caught. And just, you know, I, I really am impressed with his awareness uh, and his ability to play like a vet really early on. He doesn't at all look confused by what's going out there. He's making adjustments mid-snap that, that look like he's in full control of what the defense is doing. You know, again, I think the interceptions need to come, but he's he's there. I mean, the ball is right there. He's getting his hands on it, and I think he has the hands to kind of get over that hump quickly. But I just wanted to point out, I, I thought he played really well, especially considering, you know, again, a rookie corner in a, in a, in a year that rookie corners don't seem to be playing <laughs> exceptionally well. Yeah and, yeah, and 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 I think that he's out there, you know, playing like a vet because he seems to have a, a really strong understanding on exactly what he's supposed to be doing at all times. Yeah, he's going to get beat. He, you know, he's a rookie. There's going to be up and down moments. He's probably going to struggle this week against Seattle, but the confidence is there. And you can see that he he has eyes for the football. Should have made that play in the end zone, but uh, a lot to be encouraged about long term with Trevon Diggs. Um, let's take a break so I can tell you guys about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar out there. It's hard to even explain it. It's real chocolate with amazing flavors and a great combination of low calories, high protein, and low sugar with no crazy additives. 
Best of all, they taste fantastic, and they are releasing six new flavors, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, and apple almond crisp. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get $10 off any order at www.BuiltBar.com. And right now, you get a free cooler with an order of a new box, only while supplies last. Again, that's BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKEDON. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Okay, Landon, we just have a few minutes here, so I wanted to get through a couple just quick hitters. Um, I'll toss it back to you after I give you this one. Um, just want to say, CeeDee Lamb, I, you could see that he's becoming a more decisive player in week one. Um, he never forced a missed tackle. Uh, that wasn't an issue in week two. He missed, I think he had like four broken tackles in this one. Uh, you can see the confidence growing in him. You can see that Prescott trusts him to get open. Uh, you know, the, the second play after over, you know, once they're, you know, right at the end of the game, not overtime, right at the end of the game, they go to C.D. Lamb on an out route. Uh, he catches the ball, gets upfield, and gets him into field goal, you know, range. Uh, I just thought he played really well, and I think, I think as he grows more comfortable in this offense, he's going to be a, a superstar. What did you see from Lamb on Sunday? Yeah, I mean, no surprise, right? Like nope. he's just come in here and and he takes two games to kind of get to a point where you start to see exactly what type of player he's going to be in the NFL, and it's just really just kind of a continuation of the type of player that he was in college. Just a, a guy who's going to catch a, a whole bunch of footballs catch most of what's thrown his way has the ability to make players miss in the open field dangerous with the football in his hands um you know not dangerous with like long speed because he doesn't have a lot of elite speed he's just he knows how to gain yardage after the catch i'm trying to think of an easier way to describe it or a more elegant way but that's he's really what it is he's slippery despite being big you know i i mean really it's like i mean I, i think it's it's one of those things where he has like kind of a weird body type for uh for you know his skill set you know it's, his style it's, yeah yeah for his you style he, you would think he's like two hundred and twenty five pounds with the way that he plays well, but he's really sub two hundred yeah and I and I think that you know it's not surprising to me that DeAndre Hopkins is the guy that like you know he was wanted to change his number to or whatever because I I, I mean mm. I think Hopkins to me is is the best comparison to him because even Hopkins doesn't necessarily have blazing speed you know no but no. but he has that same sort of ability where he plays really fast in his pads he is lean so he knows how to get slippery and get past and, and behind defensive backs and he you know it's just again he they're both bigger guys who run like they're water bugs when they have the ball in their hands so mm-hmm. it's 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 an interesting style to have on your team and really it's so dangerous to have um you know, as a guy that can play in the slot, because really, he's he runs routes so well, he he can get open, and then when he is open and he's in the middle of the field, he's a big guy who has great body control, and that means he can you know he can definitely 
uh, uh, compensate for bad passes. He's got a really big catch radius. So I think, you know, you've seen a couple times some of the throws that Dak had to make to get it to to CeeDee Lamb. They weren't exactly right where you'd want him to be. But CD no, was able no. to slow down and, and make the adjustment. He has a big body, so he can take the make sure he gets the ball and, and you know brace for a big hit. I just think that you know it's it's like you super it's like you you ejected super injector into 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 Randall Cobb, you know, and he grew yeah, two inches yeah. and, and and his arms grew and it's just much more consistency, but also the ability for more explosive playmaking from that slot position and and you know. I think eventually he's going to be one of the top receivers in the NFL. I, I agree. Uh, a couple other things I had really quickly. I thought Joe Thomas played well. Yes. Um, he's inconsistent as a run defender. There's times where he'll take the wrong gap, but what he can do in pass coverage and um, what he can do, at least as an average run defender at times, um, is encouraging. I thought Xavier Woods played good, uh, played well. Yeah. Um, any other notes that you had? I thought that uh, uh, Jalen Smith had a bounce back game for sure. Yes, he did. He played, I agree. He played really well, um, I th- and I think that you know, really, what you've seen is uh, 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 a kind of drum beat from some other guys like Tristan Hill. I thought that Tristan Hill again had another really good game for. I mean, again, for expectations, uh, I think he's still not quite the uh, the run defender that maybe you want, but I think he is providing something as a pass rusher. Uh, he is being disruptive. He has, I mean, he he does make plays in the backfield as a run defender. It's not, that's not, you know, but I mean, I think he's still not a guy that you want taking on double teams or anything like that. It's just so frustrating that we're through two games now and they haven't got to play their style of football at all yet on defense. Yeah, right? it is. I mean, they they literally led for zero seconds in this uh, game against the Falcons and then against the Rams, you know, they were down 10 nothing before they knew it. So you know, it's hard to judge this defense yet when we haven't seen them in a positive game script at all. Yeah, it's 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 weird because honestly, it's part it's lo- largely the offense's issue, right? <laughs> they, they they haven't really been providing holding up the, their end of the deal at the point when they're supposed to, and so the defense has kind of been put in all kinds of awkward positions to try to stop offenses in a in a manner in which. You know they're probably not more co- very comfortable. Uh, sure, but I think that yeah, what we'll see is you know if 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 the offense hopefully can kind of has sorted out some of the the kinks a little bit better. In the, see in the second half, it seemed like things were clicking a, a whole lot better than they had been at any point in the first two games. Uh, so the hope is that they come out with uh, the, in the first half of against Seattle and really kind of set things on fire early. So they can put their defense in a in a position where they feel more comfortable playing the kind of football that they are you know we're built to play. Now, I mean, <laughs> we'll talk about all this later, but they have to do that against Russell Wilson. But yeah, I mean, it's, that, that's 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 something for another pod later. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, that is it for our film notes for today. It was it was a fun film session. Well, at least some of it was fun. Yeah. watching the defense in the first half was a little frustrating, but. Not all their fault. The offense uh, gave them some pretty bad situations to start the game off. But uh, it was fun. I'm glad that we're back doing uh, all 22 film sessions. Yep. This is always my favorite day of the week. So uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, you can follow the show at Locked on Cowboys. You can follow Landon at McCoolBCB. And I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. And we will see you next time. 
Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL Draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.